2: Today is Sunday, October 17th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 430 featuring Celtics legend and, of course, broadcaster Cedric Maxwell is powered by BetOnline.ag and INSA. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. And go to INSA, that's INSA.com. Mention we sent you. Get a T-shirt for a penny. All right, this is the season preview edition of Celtics, Pete, Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti, and of course, when we're talking Celtics season preview, we want to look Back at the preseason, look ahead at what is to come. I want someone who is just a, a full on expert on all things Boston Celtics. And so you can really only turn reliably, comfortably to John him, a couple people. This oh, guy, said Maxwell. Sean Grandy. That's who you can turn to. <laughs> we'll try, we'll talk. try and get him next week. I want to talk yeah. to you this week, my friend. How are you?
0: I am doing just fine, gentlemen. Uh, you know, anticipating the new season. Uh, excited about it, but uh, a little apprehensive uh, just going back into the crowd, going back into the going sure. to guard uh, We have not done this myself and Sean. Uh, we have not done this in, what, a year and a half or maybe more of actually being back into a crowd, and an re- arena on the road.
2: So uh, I was those- just going to ask that. There was no travel at all for you guys last year? No, none. The last
0: game that the Celtics did that we did as broadcasters. Uh, we played a game in Indiana mm-hmm. and then we went to Milwaukee. And then that's when we were watching TV that night. And uh, Adam Silver said, you know, the season is now suspended. So we hadn't yeah. been, been a year and a half since we were back. we were on the road in, uh in the
2: arena. What's that, that like, I mean, you mentioned the apprehension, obviously going into Madison square in Madison square garden, going into you know, these, these arenas, I guess you won't really know until, you know, until you physically do it, but even just the, the, from the standpoint of like packing for a road trip all over again and, and, and getting into the routine of it after not doing it for so long.
0: Yeah. We had the opportunity uh, to do the exhibition season and uh, they decided at the last moment we were going to be in Orlando and Miami for the last two exhibition games. And uh, I think we couldn't get, and we couldn't get a uh, engineer, uh engineers and hmm. in, in hard supply right now in these cities you know between a year and a half of doing it so
2: yeah.
0: uh decided to do both those exhibition games uh at the garden actually in the Celtic locker room so interesting uh, yeah, yeah it's going to be it, it's to for for actually to get on a plane i haven't been there in you know, uh, with the celtics get on the plane uh go to a hotel uh, leave the hotel, go to the arena, come back home. This is going to be we're we're essentially going to be neophytes coming back in.
2: <laughs> and you guys, so you're it's back to traveling with the team and everything, or is it independent? Back
0: traveling with the team. I think we have a couple of games uh, that will probably fly independent, independently. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, I think most of our games right now are going to be we're going to be traveling with the team. Uh, on the team bus with the players so uh you know kind of back to where we were i guess
2: what's it been like i know for for so many of of us and obviously we don't even cover the team in a traditional sense you know we do the podcast and we you know tweet like crazy and we watch games and all that but i mean for all intents and purposes we're you know even though we work in the media we're, we're fans we we support the team it's it's not the same as being on the beat working for a newspaper radio station tv whatever and and you know, being out there every single day at practices, at games, all of that, our responsibilities are different. So for you, is it, uh, you know, kind of strange, even like going back to media day, I don't know if you were at media day, but the, you know, being like physically around the players again, when obviously for the last year, plus it was all zooms and and no in-person access, maybe it was a little different for you and, and you could get closer to the players for home games at the garden since you weren't on the road, but you know, this n- new reality, like you said, traveling with the players, being on the buses with the players, this is, this is going to be like it always was, but what, how, what's that transition like from, from the last year plus to getting back to that and, and being able to really interact? Well, last year,
0: uh, you know, during the season, essentially we did all the home games, mm-hmm. uh, all the home games, but we were up in the stance. We were literally, 20, 30 rows up in the stands away from the players. So physically, we never even got a chance even to look these guys in the eyes or, or touch them at all. Um, it was in this last game, in the first exhibition game, was the first time I got a chance to speak to Tatum and to speak to Brown and to speak to Horford and some of the guys, uh, you know, just to kind of dap them up. And it was yeah. – uh, it, it felt good to actually have a, a physical contact that I could actually look them in the eyes and they were like happy to see me and I was happy to yeah. see them. So so that um, I'm almost like a kid in the candy store right now thinking about, uh, you know, just the being around the players, getting the sense of who they are. And you learn so much really with their body language, you know, when you see them. Uh, You know, how they're feeling or or what they might think about, you know, sometimes it is it is you can see it on the face like you could instantly see Al Horford. When I I saw him, it was like you could see that he was just so happy to be back in the green, to be back here. And it's almost like and if you look at Al, it's almost like he didn't leave. I mean, he had Mm -hmm. a little vacay in Philly. And then when he went to OKC, got traded to OKC. Uh, they told him like, no, we, we're, we're not interested in trying to win. You know, go home, stay in shape, but, you know, we're going to probably move on from you. So he had a, uh, pretty much a whole year off without being injured. So I think he's happy to be
2: back. I'm guessing too, you can ask the guys questions that, you know, all those years you normally would have just kind of conversational and, and talking to them a little bit and ask them questions in, in ways that you wouldn't obviously when you and Sean are doing pre or post game interviews or anything like that. I mean, you can ask them, you know, a little bit more intimately about the transition to e and Brad in his new role and boy, like Jason, are you tired? Is Deuce keeping you up all night? Like you know, just these these sort of just more human questions than than probably you've been able to have for the last yeah. year. Just just
0: just how are you doing? I mean, like, like you know, yo, dude, what's up? How you feeling? And that same thing they would tell me. So that interaction is always the key as a broadcaster, uh, especially on my side of being an analyst. You know, they know I have played the game. I know they're playing the game. I know most of the time what they've gone through. But, um, yeah, that, that physical touch and um, they, to, to look a man in the eye. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, get a, there's a different connection, then, you know, I even have what you just looking you in the eye on this uh on this telecast that you have. And, and when you look in these little boxes and as you and I were laughing before, I said, OK, where do I look? I mean, on my <laughs> iPad, I know there's a little dot that I have to look at. And if I look at you on the camera, I'm yeah. looking away. So I have to train myself even more just to do that instead of when you meet somebody face to face, you know, there's a good handshake, a, a fist pump, or whatever it is. Eye to eye, you're getting uh, pretty much an uh, honest reaction from a, from
1: another guy. Well, look, yeah. Evan and
2: I, we do, we do this show every week. I haven't seen him in person in like five years. I don't even yeah, know. It's been a,
1: it's been a, well, I mean, that's just because we're on two different ends of the state. But, like, yeah, it's yeah. been it's been a little <laughs> while. But, you know, look, this at least does a little bit for me. You know, I get to talk to Adam before we get into the show about, you know, his life and what's going on with the kids and everything like that. So at least we have this. Uh, it's a little bit better than a text, which is great. But uh, you know, yeah, I, we had the first meeting out in Boston. It was March of like four or five years ago. We met you and Zanis for the first time. Yeah. Um, what was it, Buffs? What was what the name of that Buffs, place? Yeah, Newton. There, yeah. wings. Yeah. Good. They were very good. Yeah, uh, great. They were excellent. They'd
2: like to sponsor the podcast as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, great little free, free ad there for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's true. So let's let's get into it, Max. And I, there are there are so many things I want to talk to you about here over the course of, uh, you know, this show from Celtics news, Celtics announcements that have come out. Obviously, the fact that since we last spoke and not even just that. I mean, in in the last I, I think inside the last week at this point, you are officially this is not just we we. last time you were on the show, we talked about the fact that this was coming. But this has now happened. You, my friend, are it there. Is. It is. You're there a published is. author. How's that feeling? For anyone that that isn't watching, by the way, it is, uh, you know, if these walls could talk, Boston Celtics stories from the Boston Celtics sideline locker room and press box by none other than Cedric Maxwell. You can get it on Amazon and I'm sure a whole bunch of bookstores as well.
0: Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm I'm really amazed. Uh, It is, um, this is the first, I don't know, you know, think about my career. It's been with the Celtics. Uh, broadcasting and, and, and been with them for almost 30 years. So my insight to history with the organization from Larry Bird to Jojo White to Red Arback to now with Tatum and Brown. Um, yeah, I, I, I do, I, I can fill a room up and, and yeah. just stuff that happened in my life. So, uh, I was approached, uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and, uh, my guy Mike, he came through and said, "Look, I would like to, you know, do this book." And uh, he and I sat down, and we was we we did it, you know, on the on the phone for probably I don't know hours, you know, days, hours, you know, over and over again of me giving him information and uh, just trying to piece together and having almost to go back in my mental Rolodex. And grab things that I had essentially almost forgotten about. Hmm. So uh, that was it, it. Was it was an interesting uh, opportunity for me to kind of spew a bunch of stuff that I knew about this team. You know, my connection with Larry Bird. Uh, uh, I think one thing I, I did in this book, and it was it was almost uh, therapeutic in the fact that I really hadn't thought about it, but when I I finally did. It was like apologizing to my teammates for maybe 1985, the year that I got injured.
2: Mm.
0: Did not know how to react, and and it's almost like a cocky arrogance when you're hurt, but you you want to participate, but you know you can't. And uh, I, I think I did a lot of things the wrong way and rub people. They instead of me limping around and you know, woe is me. I was. I'm the same person. I was laughing. I was happy. And I think it, it came across almost like I didn't care. I got, I just got in a big paycheck. I didn't care about coming back when essentially I've never known anything else other than how to compete at a high level. Uh, that's from the time I was in high school to college and to the pros. So for my teammates and somebody, some of them to, Almost think that, uh, I had, uh, quit on them as I've heard, uh, one of those things Larry Bird had said before, quit on them. Uh, that was the furthest thing from the truth. I think I just did not know how to handle being injured because I'd never mm. been injured before. I, you know, throughout my college career, I, throughout my pro career, you know, a twisted ankle is different than having a, a partial tear in the meniscus or, or something going on with your knee that makes you uh, not being able to move. So uh, I, I went out in this book, and I think in one chapter, yeah, I did. I, I actually apologized to my teammates because of um, just not knowing how to act. And uh, I guess if I'd walked around moping around saying, oh, my God, I'm hurt. You know, mm-hmm. do you guys feel the pain? But no, I was laughing, mm-hmm. being the same person I've always, I've always been.
2: You mentioned Mike. That's Mike Eisenberg, your co-author, who uh, has done a couple of these books in the past as well. Uh, not for Boston teams, for the Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers as well. So I imagine he's uh, you know pretty locked into Detroit sports. So this was uh, a, a little bit of a uh, well, you know, Mike, a know, Mike, actually, the Boston Mike
0: team. yeah, Mike actually was uh, he went to Emerson and he played there, okay. and uh, and he wore, the the number he wore was for for his favorite player, thirty one. So he was, he was a huge fan. I'd met him before years ago in Detroit. He came up to me and told me the story about who he was. I, you know, I always meet people and they tell me, well, I played like you or I knew you or something. And I really didn't take that much. And then one day he came back to me and I'm not sure I got in contact with me. But he said, you know, told me again who he was and said, man, have you ever thought about writing a book about your life? And your experiences, you know, with Paul Pierce and, 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 and Kevin Garnett and, and all these guys. I said, man, I said, you know, I, I think, I said, hmm, I said, that would probably be something that people would l- really like to read about. And uh, it was just funny, this summer I had, uh, my mom was having a pacemaker uh, put in. Uh, well, a battery for a pacemaker, and I had taken her to the hospital in Greenville, North Carolina. I'm from Kinston, maybe 20 miles away, drove over there. And when I dropped her off, there was a young lady who put her in the wheelchair, brought me in. And my mom is real bragged, very proud about who I am. So sure. when I came back to pick my mom up, the young lady said, You're famous. Oh my God, you're your textbook. And I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. And then the funny thing she told me she said, my brother has already bought, uh, pre-ordered your book, which
2: is oh, coming dude. out.
0: And I was like, wow. And that Love and it, it. really kind of just slapped me when I had somebody from Greenville, North Carolina, pre ordering a book about can these walls if these walls could talk. Well,
2: and you mentioned this being, you know, therapeutic for you, obviously, when you were going through the process. Was it I guess I wonder to what degree, like, did it help you kind of mend any relationships over the years? Like you said, apologizing to your teammates, but has it led to any phone calls That's. it's just been such an introspective process for you that it's like, man, I should give this guy a call. Or, you know, conversely, you think that so-and-so is going to read it and, and then reach out to you to say, hey, like, let's let's talk about that. Let, you know, let's let's bury this hatchet or let's catch up on this or let's just reconnect because it's been so long. Well, I did have
0: one conversation with Larry, and that was that was I think the the one teammate that I have a disconnect from. Uh, everybody else, i have connected, and you know we're like old war war buddies. You know, yeah. Larry's Larry's always been. Well, even when I played, Larry and I were not the best of friends. We mm-hmm. we were coworkers. We worked together, mm-hmm. and we did it well. Uh, but our interests were completely different. I wasn't a beer drinker. Larry mm-hmm. didn't. Social issues, and so our worlds did not mingle in that way. And um, I remember at one point, I think I had made a, a statement, and I said that Kevin Garnett was the best all-around player maybe ever to put the green. Yeah, you on. said
2: it, you said it on this show,
0: and and uh, Greg Dickinson went to um, Larry when Larry was coaching at uh, Indiana, and said, "Well, Max said that you were the best." That uh, Kevin Garnett was the best all-around player, and Larry gave some answer like, "Well, Max is going to quit on him, quit on them, like he quit on us." Hmm. And it was just like jarring the way it was like it wasn't insulting if I say that Kevin was the best all-around. That's I don't think that anybody you you could argue the point, but you know it's it's only a very very short list, so it wasn't anything insulting, and I. I met some people who said to me, I mean, when I used to do WEI I used to mm-hmm. talk radio, there would be sometimes Larry defenders who would come at me and say, Well, you didn't do this and you didn't do that, and 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 Larry, I said, Dude, you don't have to protect Larry Bird. What I said it doesn't take away from the greatness of Larry Bird. He's one of the greatest players ever to play the game. But when it comes to the green, Kevin Larnett was a dynamic defender. And he was a he was a dynamic offensive player, and he was not as good as Larry Bird offensively, and not as good as Bill Russell defensively. But someplace in the middle, right there, that dude's a bad man. He has stats that are only stats that Kevin Garnett has. Mm-hmm. Now, it's something like you know fifteen thousand this or ten thousand this, and, and all the play, and that's why he's going. He's, a, he's going into the Hall of Fame. So it wasn't anything to insult Larry. And uh, I'm sorry that he even felt like that because it doesn't take away from the greatness of who he was as a player or my opinion about his greatness. I mean, my era, I loved it. You know, people will ask me right now, they'll say, well, how was it playing with Larry Bird? And I would immediately always say, well, you mean how was it for Larry Bird to play with me? Is that what you're <laughs> saying? So I, I just I just have a I have fun with it, but uh, like you said, the connection in doing the book, and uh, you know some of the sports in the book. Uh, one of them is written by Robert Parrish himself. He has a, a big part in talking about it. Danny Ainge is talking about it. Kevin McHale. Uh, there are stories about all these guys who I played with. So it was um, it, it, it it was therapeutic in me getting it out but not necessarily as much about connecting, except maybe with Larry.
2: The other thing, too, is that, and I think, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, I guess, tell me if you disagree, but I feel like, you know, where maybe Larry took that the wrong way or where others who have, you know, heard this from you take it the wrong way when it's just blasted out as, you know, a headline on Twitter and it's, oh my, this hot take and all of that stuff. I don't think you're saying that Kevin Garnett was a better all-around Celtic than Larry Bird. I I, I don't think you could even argue, like, Kevin Garnett, his Celtics accomplishments compared to Larry Bird's accomplishments, they're not in the same spectrum. But you could make the claim, which is what I think you're doing, that Kevin Garnett was the better all-around player as compared to Larry Bird in their NBA careers on the whole. Obviously, what one did in Boston singularly to what the other did in Boston singularly, you can't compare those.
0: No, you can't compare what Larry did for the franchise. That that that's right. not it. But just from a standpoint of a player, of yeah. You look at, if you look at their numbers and yeah. you look at what they've done, Kevin right. Garnett is in but for the, the
2: totality of their career. Yeah. It's not just Garnett's six yeah. years in Boston.
0: Yeah, he he's in. If you look at Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett, he's in essentially almost a league by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I can go out and say even a you know maybe a more outrageous statement in the fact that if you think about it, was Kyrie Irving, was he the most talented player ever to play on this team ever to put green on,
1: best ball handler? Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, wouldn't quite <laughs> go that far, but I think I get what you were
0: getting at. Where is it? Where is it? Is there a guard that that you look at the Celtics was a, a better all all around offensive guard than Kyrie Irving?
1: Huh. Okay, yeah. I take that as a yes. I take huh. that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: you didn't say anything like uh, okay. I was
1: thinking you got to think yeah. about it. I mean, it's not. Yeah.
0: How, how long do you have to think? I mean, you give me a player that you might even think sure. that that could compare to Kevin, that can compare to Kyrie Irving, that sure. wore the green. only one I could think about that explosive might have been Isaiah. Right. Isaiah people Thomas- like. <laughs> but other than that, everybody else has never really been that explosive. From The guard yeah. position, you could think sure. about the great. I mean, you think about who's well, the great guards you think because normally you don't think of great guards when you think of Celtics. You don't really, you know,
1: you think you might think about like Sam, it's like Sam Jones and like in Koozie and like that's.
0: And Sam Jones really wasn't a
1: guard, he was more yeah. like a football. he played everywhere, so it's hard to like, yeah.
0: you know, I mean, about. I mean, you think about okay, was he is he more explosive than John Havlicek? <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I no was he more explosive than Bob? I mean, you can, it's hard to measure yours, but is Kyrie Irving a better ball handler than Bob Cousy was? Not
1: even a question.
0: <laughs> nah, so, so when I say from a talent and a skill standpoint, not too many people I know, and, and it'll be a very small list when I think about it, who are who are, who has been as talented as Kyrie Irving has been. And and the only one I can think about maybe Bill Russell. Bill Russell ran track. He was in the Olympics. He long jump. He could he could run the hundred. Maybe he's made the one only one physically I think about when I say wow that guy physically could compete with maybe Kyrie Irving that Carrie Irving could compete with him.
1: Yeah, it's tough. And again, as we transcend eras. It's really difficult. You know you, get, you know one of my favorite guys JoJo White is one of, you could it, he has the uh, body of a guy today. And he was playing 40 years ago, 50 years ago. So it's like, yeah, I, 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 there are certain guys that transcend eras. Like Russell's one of those guys, and you know, uh, you could plop him down today, and he'd be just fine. He would figure it out. <laughs> but not everybody's like that. You can't take Sam Coos or Bob Cousy and put him in today's NBA and and assume that he would, you know, it would take him a while to adapt to the speed and the, the ball handling today. I mean, if you watch the, the videos, and I'm not trying to like, you know. Uh, Talk down on Kuzi here, but if you just watch the videos and watch him dribble a basketball, and then watch Kyrie dribble a basketball, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of difference here. No, so well, I mean, the game. Like, the, the
2: game. is yeah. stolen from him routinely. The way dribbling out around him. You know, it's yeah. How I many skills does
1: Marcus Smart have if he's guarding Bob Kuzi? The, the the game
0: is completely different. I, I do I do understand that, and, and I'm not trying to slap at anybody. Only comes at I looked at them paws around you. I was like, what the hell is that behind
1: you? My <laughs> puppy, she's sleeping currently.
0: I was like, oh, right. we, there's Bigfoot, he lives. But I <laughs> I, I, I do believe... Yeah, there you, you go. I, I do believe when you think about who he is and, and what Kyrie Irving has done, there are very, very few people that I could think about who have been as explosive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I remember Jojo White. Jojo Joe White wasn't, wasn't, could have played baseball. He got, he got drafted to play baseball. Jojo White could play football. Jojo White was an incredible athlete. But I think about Kyrie Irving with his skill set, his foot speed, his ability to shoot the basketball. There's not a lot of Celtic guards have ever been like that. As a matter of fact, I can't think of any, maybe other than Isaiah thomas when he had those
2: those brilliant years yeah yeah the king and the fourth and all of yeah. that yeah yeah i agree max's book again called uh, if these walls could talk boston celtic stories from the boston celtic sideline hang, on a, minute, hang
1: on a minute before we yeah. move on off the book i have one question for max about the book there yeah if,
2: if if, if you if your question is can i narrate the audio book no. get in
1: line yeah <laughs> get in line out no and i'm waiting never, behind Granny, so it's a long that. line yeah but my, so it's actually it's a, sort of a two part. The first question is how much stuff didn't get into the book, like that was like, is, was there a heavy edit? Is it is it something that wasn't heavily edited? Like no, no. This no. is
0: um, it is uh, very much everything that I've thought of. We we put it in the book, and uh, I think the only thing that might have been edited was there was a, a thing where they talked to one of my ex teammates when I went to the Clippers, Marcus Johnson. And um, we were playing pool, Marcus Johnson, myself, Franklin Edwards, who was with the team uh, in L.A. And and we were shooting pool, and and Marcus came in. He was start shooting, knocking down balls. And then I yelled out, Marcus, you can't play. And I put the N-word, uh, you can't play, that kind of pool. And Marcus just bust out laughing, started missing all these shots. Well, actually, we I used the N-word in the book and uh, the author and the uh, editor came back and said, oh, wait a minute, can you die that down? Can you say <laughs> African-American? I was like, whoa, no, dude, that, that's not how you use it. Where, I can see, hey, you African-American, you can't play, you know, pool. No, no, no. So there isn't too much edit down for this book. Uh, most of it is uh,
1: pretty much what I've said and, and what I believed and, and stories that I've told. My, my, so my second follow-up was going to be, what did you wish that didn't make the book that you wish was in the book? Is there a story that you missed that you wish that you went back on and say, oh, man, I wish, you know, now this is done, it's great, but I wish I had this in there at the end or this in there somewhere? You know what? Here's the thing. I haven't read the book yet. I've just read I've just
0: read No, no, I just, got the book right in front of you. You're holding it. No, no, no do. I read snippets. I, you know, I, I'm not one of these people. I read snippets. It's like, oh, wow. I forgot I said that. There were hours and hours. I mean, we're looking at a hundred and...
2: I mean, there's more. 200-something pages.
0: Yeah, there's almost almost 300 pages uh, of stuff in here. And, I'm, and It took me forever to read the book Jaws when I was in, in college. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a great read. Oh, I'm waiting for
2: Max to sit there and go. I'm not this interesting. I can't yeah. read this whole thing. Right?
0: <laughs> you know what? People people are going to find the book. and They're going to be fascinated with all the things are in there. I mean, from stories about Red Arback to yeah, to one of the stories that has been a legend in uh, Boston talk radio was the story I told about my uh, uh, circumcision. Uh, that story that E. I. had. They ran that. They that was, oh, they said it was the funniest story ever, and so that 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 story's in there. Um, I, I, it's a bunch of different things that that are in there. So I'm saying it's. I've given it to several people, and they say, "Oh my god, amazing read." So I read it. Somebody's like, "Oh, let me read page." I just sometimes to be uh, use myself, I go to page two hundred and go, "Wow, I forgot about that." Wow. I, wow. <laughs> yeah. So so we talked about a lot of different things for hours and hours and, and and days that uh that me and Mike talked about this and uh you know just tried to come up with different things.
2: I wasn't prepared for circumcision and snippets to be used in, in the same nope. you know, proximity of sentences. Yeah, nope. I mean, you know, what that
0: what a what a great line that was. Only you <laughs> would put that together.
2: <laughs> snippets well, and just- Okay. Mind of a 12 year old. I need to, uh, I need to get a copy of this book, Max, so I can read it and then, uh, and, uh, we, we can give it a full review on the show, but I'm looking forward to it. That'll be great. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We'll yeah. I want to tell you real quick, we'll get to the Boston Celtics and what is going on here in 2021 and of course, 2022 right around the corner, but, uh, tell you about our friends at bet online. That's betonline.ag. We are back better than ever. All eyes, as we know, on the gridiron with, uh, uh, football of course you know approaching the midway point of the season already college football back for another year bet online is your top spot your number one for all pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface as well even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football and of course don't forget about basketball. It is coming. You can get in futures bets on, let's say, how many games you think the Celtics or any other team that you happen to root for or dislike will uh, go out and win this year. You can think about that as well. Head to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not forget, use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. Again, from football, basketball, boxing, Red Sox are in the playoffs still, folks. MLS playoffs are right around the corner and the revolution are the best team in major league soccer. You can go right over to your favorite Vegas casino games that is available for you. Don't wait. Just take advantage of all the amazing offers available throughout 2021 and on to 2022 bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. All right, let's get into some Celtics socks here because uh, they're, Again, there's there's just so much I want to get to coming off the preseason, Max. And I I want your preseason takeaways on the floor, but I think what is most interesting to fans, or or maybe I'm just projecting, it's definitely most interesting to me. And, and we were talking about it a little bit even before we came on the, the air with this show is the off court factors. And uh chief among them, of course, is how exactly new head coach, first-time head coach, Ime Odoka, is going to run this ship. And I I think that what we're learning, I mean, we we heard this. Like, we heard this when he was hired. We heard it. You know, we got a sense of it at the introductory press conference. But what we are full-on learning, four games, you know, into a preseason and regular season coming, this guy is not going to take any crap. Ime Odoka is not going to take any crap. and And what I wonder is – you know, first of course, I mean he he goes out of his way, and I love this. Oh, do I love this, Max? He talks constantly about enough bitching at the officials, enough complaining, enough whining. Get back on defense. Do your job. Focus. Just stop. F- like live in the moment and and play on. He you know effectively bench Grant Williams for that the other day he kind of you know blamed it on he was in foul trouble but that wasn't the reason not really that you know you read between the lines he was benched for complaining he was benched for whining and you know a a bucket being scored in his face because he was too busy barking at the man in stripes to get back and on his defensive assignment or of course Marcus Smart who may very well end up being a captain for this team those haven't been named yet but missing a team flight to Orlando and he gets suspended albeit for a preseason game but it's just enough other sign of Ime saying, you know what? There's a new sheriff in town, and I I, I want your thoughts on all of this.
0: I, I think that's exactly right. I think you put it the uh, you know uh, all all right now on the plate in the fact he's saying this is my team and this is how we're going to operate, and maybe in sending a message, benching Grant for complaining when we know. He's not talking to Grant. <laughs> we know he's talking to Tatum, who is, for, for, the, for the longest time that we've always said that. As great as he is, the one thing that takes away is that he turns to the officials all the time after almost every call. So <laughs> I think that he was talking just to – I think he was talking to the entire team, but I think he was t- talking to the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever seen we, – we had that with Bill Fitch when I was uh, playing with the Celtics. He would yell at me about something that I never even did. But <laughs> it wasn't yelling at me. He was yelling at Larry. It was The, the message was kind of going around the other way. And I think that's the same thing that happened. Uh, with Marcus Smart, that was pretty special in the fact you suspend a guy for missing a flight. When, in fact, he wasn't even going to play in that game in Orlando anyway. And, it, but I, I like it. I, I I like the fact that he is saying, guys, this is my team. This is kind of what Greg Popovich, this is what I've learned from him over the years. This is how he's going about it. Greg Popovich knew one thing, and he had, this was the best relationship. He could yell at Tim Duncan. When you can yell at your best player, everybody else falls in line mm-hmm. and, and gets the message. And that's what he said. I remember he may said early on when at the press conference, his first one, he said, Tatum and Brown, I've talked to them and they want to be coached hard and I will coach them hard. So yeah, that message is, uh, is being sent, and I think it's going to be heard loud and clear uh, when you suspend a guy or you bench a guy for, uh, as you said, bitching about the call or missing an missing assignment. Because when you do that without um, any permission, it's it's almost like the inmates are running the, running the asylum, and mm-hmm. I think that he's not going to stand for that. He He's a warden, and everybody's going to, going to fall footstep in line.
2: Is there, can there be a problem? And I'm not saying this is the case now. The, the season hasn't even officially started. But if this becomes a regular thing and, and, and by that, I'm talking about Ime, you know, kind of airing guys out in the media like that. It, it's such an antithesis from obviously what, you know, the way Brad operates. Like you never over the last eight years heard anything even remotely from Brad Stevens resembling some of the stuff we've already heard from in a preseason, Ime Odoka. Is it one of those things where where you worry about, again, not now, just going forward, if it's a routine thing, do you worry about a coach, especially a new coach, airing his guys out in the media? Do you worry about a guy losing the locker room? Do you worry about the way some of these guys, even though they want to be coach hard, do, there's a difference between coach me hard privately and no. air me out to everybody. There's, and as a former player, obviously, I mean, you're a perfect person to ask that question to. Is like, can can is there a fine line that Eme has to walk there before it goes south?
0: There is a fine line. I mean, I remember Bill Fitch being our coach and winning the championship, but continue to, in ways, berate players. Um, I remember, you know, Danny Ainge. This is one of Danny's favorite stories about me. We were sitting in the. Um, Bill Pitch wanted to have a a team meeting, and the first person he comes to is me, and he says, well, Max, you used to listen, you used to, you know, really be a cheerleader for your teammates, and you were rah-rah, this, that, and the other, and I looked up at Bill, and I said, Bill, I could do that if you didn't say I was the dumbest motherfucker you ever met in your life. And the whole room just bust out laughing, <laughs> and, and but it was a true statement because he would always say that about me, and, and you know, right in my face. <laughs> and I, it didn't it didn't bother me in that way, but but eventually those those things kind of edge at you. Uh, I think Ime is smart enough to understand, and like I say, he's been on the Greg bitch to know when to needle and to know when to maybe. Pull back, so I don't really anticipate him doing it over and over again. You know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. You know, after a while, you cry wolf so many times, ain't nobody coming. But if you do it one time, do it two times, you're sending a message, and I think everybody gets it loud and clear.
1: But he's not airing guys out like publicly here, in my opinion. Like, he the Marcus smart thing is we're handling it internally, and that, and we're done with kind it. of aired out Grant, though, not, but yeah. I mean. But but his point, his biggest point, one of the biggest talking points he's had all season has been, we're not going to do this. We're not going to play any the rest. I don't have it. And, like, that was a clear example where – and that's exactly what he's talking about. You lose focus, uh, you know, and all of a sudden they're they're going back to the way and scoring two points. You know, you don't need – you can't lack focus in in basketball. We've seen what that's happened so many times with Boston, and last year was a great example of them losing focus all the time. So, I mean, I don't have any – I mean, I get there's a fine line between airing guys out. I just don't think Eme is really airing guys out right now. I think it's just him trying to set a culture from day one uh, that, it's, that, you know, this isn't going to fly around here. But I think he's handled it really well. I don't think he's gone, like, over the top at all. Well,
0: I'll ask you guys. Who is he talking to? Who is he talking about, really? Who, who is the message being sent to about complaining and to him. the Can't No, I agree. Else. Yeah,
2: I agree. It's, it's top down for sure.
0: He's talking about we we've all seen Jason Tatum throw his hands up and you yeah. know get, get that will be, you know over and over and then eventually run back. So we've seen that. So the the message is one which is 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 being sent to the team, yeah. but it's also being sent to your best player. When mm-hmm. your best player is kind of ratted out, I think that you don't have to do it as much publicly, and then everybody else kind of falls in line. And you know that's not anything that's going to happen. Now, I don't I don't expect that not to happen from time to time because officials are going to miss calls. But uh, that was that that was his statement. And uh, like I said that Grant thing was that was telling the fact that you, you're you're pulling you're pulling Grant out. But I'm talk I'm pulling you out, Grant, but I'm actually talking to Taylor. Mm. This is what I'm actually talking to.
2: So, what about on the floor? Your, uh, you know, just main takeaways: what you've seen through four games, style of play under Eme versus what it was under Brad. Uh, I know it's it's it hasn't been a perfect situation with you know Jalen Brown, Al Horford, both. Missing time already to quarantine, and we'll see what their status will be for the opener come Wednesday in New York. We're, we're still waiting to hear that officially, and, and you've had some rest days built in, obviously Marcus's suspension, you know, little tweaks, little injuries. So it's it's not been a, a perfect scenario in terms of, you know, you know, clear cut what the rotations are going to be and all of that. But it, just in terms of systematically, and again, style of play, and guys who have taken a, a leap forward from last year, that type of thing, what have your takeaways been?
0: Uh, that would be it. People that have taken the leap forward, like Pritchard. You know, I, I just think he's going to be a, 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 a guard that's going to be around for a long time because he knows how to play. Uh, we've seen a lot more of uh, Neesmith shooting the basketball with confidence and and not being so herky-jerky with his shots. I think the, the main guys that he's looking to are guys who are good defenders. I think that's what he, he talks about most. Uh, bringing the Al Horford back, not missing assignments. We saw this team over and over again over the last couple of years. If they, if they tried to out-defend you, they won their share of games. When they tried to out-shoot you, those were the games that they lost. So I, I think that that's the presence that you see almost immediately. Uh, what I think also is that you look at their bench now, and this is a deep bench. When you can, you're talking about Richardson, and when you talk about guys who are coming off the bench able to score, you do know where Mark is going to play. Oh, but, but not having, and I love Taco as a person, but as a player in this league, I didn't see where he was going to help you. uh, uh you saw that with Carson Edwards, who had a brilliant game, an exhibition game in, uh Cleveland two years ago that I said oh my god this guy is going to be unbelievable coming off the bench you never translated it in a game so you look at your bench and you did not see the scoring or the firepower or the experience that you're able to go to now Schroeder coming in Schroeder coming in him him being a, a point guard who's going to be nasty defensively offensively I like what he brings to the table Richardson so there, there there's some guys over there that uh, you know can can play at a very high level, and you don't have the fall off like you did in the last couple of years with the Celtics when you went to their bench. Yeah,
1: and the and the younger guys are more reliable now, right? You're looking at you know Romeo Langford had a great night the other night, very confident, you know, his shot looks fantastic. Uh, the buzzer beater he hit in game one, and then you know complete what do you have like 18 the other night? He was like four or seven from three point range. That's that's what you want to see. Aaron Neesmith against Orlando showing off some moves that Jalen obviously taught him with the stop, you know, turn around, fade away, jumper on the right side. I mean, that's that's really nice. The, you know, guys making steps, making improvements. And, you know, you were talking earlier this show about how, you know, you're seeing guys face-to-face. You're getting to read their body language, look them in the eye, dap them up, all that fun stuff. You know, what is the – I mean, how, how are the – and I hate to f- – I can't find a better word for this because it's just really popular right now, this word, so I can't really find a different way to say it. But, like, how are the – how are the vibes right now with, with, with this team? Or are how they much different than than last year? Because you see, I mean, I'm sure you've read some of the quotes in the media. How they're getting after it. In practice, guys are getting into fights. They're beating the crap out of each other. Um, you know that that brings competition, which is great. You know, too much too much physicality and maybe too much fighting becomes a problem. But it seems like these guys are really getting after it, taking the serious the season very seriously. After what was admittedly a down year, do you see a difference in in tone coming out of the locker room this year? Well, first of all, my friend,
0: let me tell you the word vibe. That goes back to the 70s, so don't yeah. worry about it. Not a not a word that they just made up overnight. Like I was like, where is he going with this? This is going to be like, uh, you know, keep it real. No, the vibes are – it's a very uh, common word in uh, today's vernacular. What's it's the good vibes? Well, vibes have been going on for a while, but I tell you what I do. I like the fact that you have guys who are going to compete at a high level. And I always thought that was great for practice. Because when you, and I, and I was like Iverson, I hated practice, but when you compete like that, you only push the other guy to get better. And you cannot uh, duplicate game situations uh, in practice. Um, But the competitive nature of the guys that the Celtics have signed, especially off the bench, I think are going to push people. Uh the guy more and just as the the guy I look to is Rob Williams. Can Mm -hmm. Rob Williams stay healthy? I mean, he was a scratch the other day. I'm like, what happened this time? I mean, so I I mean, and I'm a big Rob Williams fan when he's playing, but Doc Rivers, ex-coach of the Celtics, said it best. He said, Your best ability is availability. Mm -hmm. And that we have not seen enough of consistently from Rob Williams. You just say he just had a payday. I talked to him, got a chance to talk to him for a minute. And I said, young man, I know you had a payday. I said, the word that you have to, the word of the day should be this for you. No, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. And that's what you got to tell <laughs> to your family. I ain't got it. Yeah. And so, so I, you know, I do try to, you know, give a little bit of wisdom. I remember seeing Tommy sitting on the sideline, you know, with the guys and, you know, God bless his soul. But he would sit there. And, you know, bring guys in and he would talk to them and, and, you know, just let them air out their great grievances. I, you know, I had that kind of relationship with, uh, with Paul Pierce and guys like that during the time or, you know, Kevin Garnett. So, you know, my, I'm, I'm going to probably try to put a little bit more of a stamp on getting to know some of the guys maybe a little bit better. Uh, like I said my, um thing with Tatum was really good was, my eye opener. I think I told you guys, and this is actually in the book where Jason Tatum, I, I think it was this, maybe the middle of his first year, whatever it was, but he is going out and he's going to practice and he walks up and Courtney starts yelling, cornbread. He looked right at me, cornbread, cornbread. I said, dude, what's wrong with you? He said, man, I saw that 30 for 30. Yeah. Damn, you were bad. You was a bad motherfucker out there. <laughs> <laughs> So those kind of things to me, you know, resonate. And and I said, guys don't even know you can really play in this league until they oh, yeah. see the little tape on you. Going, damn dude, you you not bad, you. <laughs> I mean, my final
2: MVP's got to mean something to somebody.
0: Well, yeah, well, well, that was that was a great story. Another one I think, I, and and I hopefully this, you know, I'll, I'll look back in the book and see if it made it. But was it was with Kendrick Perkins? Perkins was with OKC at the time and I went and talked to him um, after the game and Westbrook and Durant they were in the locker room uh with him and I walked in and I said Perk you owe me some damn money and Perk looked at me with his country draw he said I don't give a damn if you were finals MVP and Durant and Westbrook <laughs> looked at me like who who is who, who is this dude who is he so, I mean, those things are just really funny when you think about <laughs> who you are and what you've yeah. done over your career.
2: So, uh, j- another thing on a couple of things that I want to get to still before we run out of time. And one will take a little bit longer than the other. So, I'll knock this one out. The This team, Emeo it's, it's it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's just something that I really have fun with and, and maybe Evan as well. But a lot of people don't care. Brad Stevens, of course never named a captain, uh, or at least never wanted to name a captain. Rondo was a captain, it was kind of thrust upon him, but he never wanted to name a captain, and after Rondo, there hasn't been one. Ime Odoka, plans to at last time he said it anyway he plans to likely have two captains for this team and so you know twitter being twitter likes to debate a little bit what's that going to be and of course the smart situation is that going to hurt him being the longest tenured celtic and really the de facto captain of this team for years could that you know lead to a problem for him missing this flight getting suspended yada 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 if you had to guess so not well maybe maybe this is the same question maybe it's not you it's up to you who you believe will be the two captains for this team and who you think should be the two captains for this team. Is that the same answer? Uh, Both
0: one and the same. I'd say Marcus Smart. And I would say Tatum and Tatum, your best player and Marcus Smart, your emotional and physical leader. Uh, I've always said this about Marcus Smart. It was, you, you've been to people's homes before where they have a sign that says, beware of dog. <laughs> Marcus Smart is that dog on your team. He, he's, oh. that, he's that one dog that you're going, well, you better not go over there and do that. And um, so, so that's why I think that Marcus, from that standpoint of being that leader and the emotionally charged guy, and Tatum, your best player, has to have an input uh, on decision-making with this team. He's going to be here a long time. He is, he's yeah. your franchise player. And I, I, I happen to think Jalen Brown is just as talented as he is, but I think that would burn the building down if you did not uh, say that Tatum
1: was the uh, team captain. Yeah. The only way the other way around it's going to yeah. be Brown or or like Horford for seniority. Like it's Tatum's going to be one of them and, and smart sailor. It makes the most sense. I think everybody is, you know, uh, at this point arrived at this. I mean, there's, clearly three guys that are worthy of it. I think two are more than the others. And then there's Al mm-hmm. because he's the elder statesman. And yeah. you know, his voice seems to resonate a little bit in that locker room with, with some of the guys too, because you can tell, you know, when he comes back, certain guys were, you know, pretty jacked. I, back in Brown, I, hope, I hope that Al puts
0: his imprint on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been reluctant over the years to say as much and remember when he finally left and Kyrie finally left, he was like, Damn it, Kyrie didn't do this. And it was about Kyrie. And it's like, somebody has to step up to that guy on your team. And I don't know if you have to, you know, have a fight, whatever it is, but you have to demand some respect from your teammates and respect to your team. And uh, I just hope Al's able to step up and, and, and give that kind of guidance. Uh, to some of the younger players on this team.
2: Let me get uh, one more of these in here. I want to mention that, uh, of course, like the Celtics, another winning, uh, homegrown dynasty, we bring you Massachusetts' premier cannabis dispensary. That is INSA, I-N-S-A. They are premier because the founders, Pat and Pete, re-engineered the cannabis model. For anyone that doesn't know from what they sell to how they sell it, while never forgetting that it is, of course, for everyone insta dispensaries are inviting and modern and they uh you know welcome you to obviously just come on in if you want to learn more don't even need to buy necessarily just come on in check it out the staff are authorities on the science who uh, answer every single question for you from differences between flowers and uh, also concentrates to offerings for insomnia or anxiety or just hanging out with friends, whatever it is, obviously that you need it for, all the experts are there to answer your questions. Insa has a world-class head chef, only hires. The most respected growers as well, who perfected their craft when it wasn't so legit, to put it mildly. There's uh, another local team to root for, folks. It's INSA. Again, they are in Salem, East Hampton, and two Springfield locations, including just off I-91 beside the MGM Casino. Mention that we said to stop by for a sweet T-shirt for a penny, INSA.com. That is INSA.com, 877-500-INSA. That's insacom 877 500 insa thats 877 500 I n s a Max, you're going to be doing these reads on on your show pretty soon too.
0: <laughs> well, you know there there are things that um, I've done throughout the time. So you know our sponsors, like you know, are um, you know they they are the they backbone
2: make, man. They keep us going. They,
0: they make they make they make our jobs the fans yeah. and, and the sponsors. So yeah. I'm all about um, you know giving them shouts shout outs and, and reads. Uh, that stuff Absolutely. to me is. Is just essential. And, uh, you know, this is my 20, I would say like my 26th year as a broadcaster, something crazy like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot of sponsors and Insa, uh, welcome to the, to our world now. At one time you were a little different and, and now you are cutting edge and, and That's
2: you're
0: right. legit. Yeah. As M- MC Hammer would say, you're too legit to quit. Okay. We'll <laughs> go that way. There it hey, is.
2: Hey. Uh, I, I don't want us to uh, take uh, too much more of your time because I feel like it's already been an hour or something like that, but uh, I, I can't help but ask you it for two reasons. One, we've already sort of like scratched the surface of this many times throughout this show. And two, uh, it's just a, a really, you know, prominent topic right now. The Celtics announced as part of their 75th uh, anniversary season here in the NBA and the NBA 75th anniversary season that they plan to, uh, announce at some point in time here this year, their top 15 players in franchise history. I'm sure you saw that. So uh, I'm wondering if you have started thinking about, I, I could ask you to do it on the fly, but that might be unfair to you. But I'm wondering if you started, you, you've started thinking about who you think <laughs> belongs in the Celtics top 15 ever in the 75 years of this team. Because I know Evan has put together his list and a lot of people out there have started doing the same.
0: Well, you know, I hadn't even thought about it, but just on the fly, I think what you're going to start with is you're just going to start with um those numbers up there that are retired. That's how you're going to start. And you could go down and essentially you can look at Kuzi. You can say Russell. There's Sam Jones, Havlicek, uh, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, uh, Kevin Garnett. Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. I mean, I, I'm, I'm and, and I know some Tommy Heinsohn.
2: I don't think Ray Allen's going to make that cut. Yeah, I, I think well, Ray to well, make the he, cut. The
0: thing about Ray Allen should make that cut, but probably won't. But um, I, I started thinking thinking that. Remember, way. I have
2: to I have to believe it's top fifteen, like what they accomplished in a Celtics uniform. You know, okay. so well, he, well, no, Ray not what Allen saying. was a top you, fifteen. Okay,
0: you know, well, how about this? Well, he won a champ. But well, would you say Kevin Garnett's gonna be on that list?
2: I don't think it's automatic. I think he, he, I, think he made mine. I, I, I think I, I think, he, I, think he, I think he's a fringe guy. I think he's a fringe, he guy, on that list. He's a fringe guy. He's a fringe guy. I, he's a fringe guy on that list. I do. I got a,
1: I got him higher than that, Max. I got him higher than that. He was. What's, what's, what's
2: your me? top fifteen? Let's see if Max. Well, no, that I, I had Garnett
1: uh, hovering around like ten. At at that point, you really got to split hairs here. I mean, there's the obvious, like, hierarchy. Um, You know, Russell, Bird, Havlicek. I put Pierce in there. Mikhail, Sam Jones, Dave Cowens, Robert Parrish, Kuzi, JoJo White, Tommy Heinsohn, KG, DJ. uh, And then I threw Max and Rondo in there at the end. Hmm, I I can think of some better players than those last two that you – you think? Oh, come about on, the, Max. See, I can't come on a show with you and not produce. <laughs> no, no. I'm, see, I, I, come I'm, on, brother.
0: Here's the best thing about it: I can kick it myself.
1: Yeah, you can't
0: that. I was, I was really good. I mean, you don't retire somebody's jersey for nothing. But I just think about those guys who were there. Those names I named before when you have, uh, you know, was Hablachek was there and Cowans and JoJo mm-hmm. White during that era that they won championships. How many guys are you gonna have? With the from the Russell era uh, is um, are you going to have are you going to put Sat Sanders in there who has eight rings mm-hmm. uh, did you say did you say Sam Jones yes. Sam- also, so oh, me, yeah Sam so let me
2: let me let me read this to you I've um yeah. so I, okay. I put I, I put out on Twitter this was I don't know mm-hmm. almost a week actually it's just a few days ago it feels like an eternity ago I I said you know Celtics plan to unveil their top fifteen you know who mm-hmm. which fifteen make your list and I got hundreds of replies. Uh, and, and one that jumped out on me because there was a, a whole lot of back and forth and engagement, obviously mm-hmm. between people that were submitting their lists. Uh, I'm sure you know, uh, or have interacted in, in, at some point in time with, uh, Casey Jones' daughter, Bryna. Uh, okay. she, uh, she's, you know, at heavy. I don't know if she's heavy into social media or not, but at least she, she really jumped on this tweet. And so she sent her list and she said, she said, granted, I'm biased, but, okay. uh, but, 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 but here's her list. Okay. Russell koozie both Mm. the jones sam and casey Mm. satch Mm -hmm. tommy hondo jojo bird mikhail parish cowens pearson garnett lewis and tatum that's her group of 15 how
0: about how about there's there's a guy named dennis johnson that played for a while
2: yeah, he's pretty good. A lot of people who submitted their list, I DJ. That won
0: multiple championships that you think about uh, how how he was here. Um I don't know, Reggie Lewis. I, I think that and I love Reggie as a player. But Maybe it's kind
2: of what could have been.
0: Yeah, I, I think you still looking at it from from that standpoint with Reggie. Um Yeah, I mean your list is pretty good, but you you can't leave Dennis Johnson off that list. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, and then if you're going to say you're not going there, you say it was Nate Archibald that good when yeah, he was, sure. th- during the time he was here. I mean, there, there are Hall of Famers that you yeah. look at and that you go down and to see Man, I remember getting my, when I got my jersey retired by the Celtics, I said, no offense at all to the good people in Springfield with the Hall of Fame. But the Hall of Fame basketball wise was right over my head because <laughs> yeah. those. Do- how many championships were they involved in? I mean, you just look at that team and go, "Oh my God, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy." I mean, there, there are there are names that you know. Like you said the Jones boys, Sat Sanders. You know, yep. as you said, you looked at it. So, so their name, Hondo, who I played with. So mm-hmm. that was there was a big three right there with JoJo White, Hondo, and Dave Cowens. That was a that was a, a fundamental big three that you start with. Then you're gonna have but you're going to say the big three, the next big three, and then you going to have Pierce Garnett, but you're not going to have Real in it. Okay. All right.
2: I'll give you another uh, Brad Feldman, who, of course, uh, we all know. He is the uh, longtime voice of the New England Revolution. Pretty, okay. good, uh, pretty good football team, soccer team in town. Uh, he submitted his list. Pretty okay. similar to what we just heard from Brian. I think there are two differences. He has Russell, Bird, Havlicek, Kuzi, Hindson, Sam Jones, KC, uh, Cowens, Pierce, Garnett, Mikhail, Chief, DJ, JoJo, Tatum. So that, that list does not have Reggie, doesn't Tatum's have. Tatum's got to be a projection yeah. pick. I mean, uh, no. uh, kind, kind of like, you know, when we had Washburn on the show. It's it's yeah. like how, you know, when the NBA released the NBA at 50 list, Shaq was the projection pick. And it worked. Obviously, it was right. At the time, he hadn't accomplished anything. But, you know, sure enough, like he he went on. It's true. So that's why people are are debating right now, like who and we had this whole conversation with Gary when he was on the show a few shows back, Max, of of when the NBA releases its seventy five list this year. <clears throat> you know, who's the projection pick gonna be? Is it Luca? Is it, you know, like you there are a few different guys obviously you you could include.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I it that topic to me is uh one that really goes well. I, I, the Rondo pick, I think would be, I, I'm not, I'm not sure how you, I don't, and and I love Rondo. Rondo's yeah. my guy. I love him, but I wouldn't put Rondo as a top 15. Uh, no. not, in, not when I was thinking about in Celtic hierarchy or what, what they've done. No, I, I, wouldn't even be close in, in that range.
2: I want you, I know we sprung it upon you, so I don't expect you to do it live on the show, but I would love for you to do your list at some point. Cause I'd love to hear it.
0: Hmm. I mean, that, that that that's fair. That is really fair. But like I said, I can just think of the ones that – I'm, I'm going to give you my numbers and you tell me where I'm at. Okay. okay.
2: Yeah. Uzi,
0: Russell, Sat Sanders, Casey Jones, Sam Jones. Yeah, that's five. That's five. five. I'm going to go with Havlichet, Cowan. No, Havlichet, yeah, Cowan. And Jojo White. Yeah. So that, that's eight right yeah. there. Yeah. That's eight. Then I'm going to go with Dennis Johnson, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Robert Parrish. Where am I at?
2: Twelve. You have 12. Three left. You haven't said Pierce, right?
0: And then, no, I hadn't said that. So I'm just come to this here. Yeah. Pierce, yeah. Pierce and Garnett. Yeah. 13, 14. Whew. Now that last one, that's 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 gonna be an interest. because I would say the a projection would be Tatum. A projection right. would be Tatum. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, oof, that that's that's gonna be the hard one right there. The, but you the, see, the, it's
2: not it's not too tough to make that list and not include Ray Allen.
0: I don't think you put Dennis saying, did you, did you but say I, but said? I look at I look at Ray to me and, and I happen to be, you know, a huge fan. Ray would be that fifteenth pick. He, right. Ray would be that last pick for me.
2: I wasn't. Um, ri- I wasn't writing them down. Did you say DJ? I don't think yeah, I said DJ. I went.
0: It? I went with the. I went with my era, and I said Parrish, McHale, Bird, and Dennis Johnson. That was okay. four right there. Yeah,
2: yeah. Those four. I was just so, Yeah.
0: Too. Yeah, and then I said that the Paul Pierce era is yeah. Garnett, Pierce, and Allen. So. Those names a I think I've gotten my 15, and that's what, and you know, you're leaving leaving me out, leaving the other guys out who are who are Hall of Famers. You can look at that list of, of some of the people who are who else uh played with the Celtics during that time. Don Nelson, uh, you know, you can look at some of the other people, you know, Easy Ed, Macaulay. Uh there's there some names up there that you mm-hmm. just have to go, hmm, mmm. So, you know, that, that, that's going to be a I, – I, I like the list. I like the thought of it. To me, I'm honored in the fact that I could be an honorable mention. That to you me know, is how? like, that's like the coolest thing in the world to yeah. be an honorable mention to something like that. This is, you, you have to make it be one of the top, but I know that if, if my kids or, or my kids in the future, whoever it is, go to the Boston garden, that they can look up there and they say, Hey, 31. Mm-hmm. That was my dad right there. That, that was my dad who played here. That's how, that's how damn it, how good he was that he made, he made that list. And I know some people say, I, I was talking to, um, a couple of people, uh, Steve Buckley one time, he said, mm-hmm. well, frankly, Max, I don't think that you should have had Judge retire. <laughs> I said, well, I said, well, let me just throw my stats at you. First forward to lead the league in field goal percentage twice. MVP in the finals. Two championships and a couple climb or have a climb on my damn backboards for game seven versus the Los Angeles Lakers. So I, I think that, you know, I'm I'm um, I'm I'm in stone right now with this yeah. organization. And and the fact that I've been around broadcasting for twenty six years, but mm-hmm. that's a whole nother story. But just my basketball accolades alone would uh, lead me to be in that in that range.
2: Do you ever think about before we let you go? Um, obviously, you know, one, one of your colleagues, I'm sure a friend, Mike Gorman, you know, recently a, uh, I don't know what the official distinction is, but he, the Kurt Gowdy award, I was going to say, you know, some, some guys get like, the don't call me a hall of famer because I received the hall of fame award, but I'm not in the hall of fame, you know, so I don't know how Mike feels about it. We haven't talked to him about it on the show yet, maybe next week or something, but um, you know, do you ever think about you know, I, I know like we've had the conversation about as a player and all that, but do you ever think about going into the Hall of Fame, you know, in 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 the broadcasting wing down the line, given obviously how long you've been doing this? No, no, I really don't. I mean, to me, the
0: Hall of Fame is a special place for special people. Uh, my broadcasting career has been great. But. I didn't change I've not changed it, the way the basketball is listened to or seen in, in that way or have a catchphrase or you yeah, know so nah uh basketball-wise as a player, again there were so many, so many great players who are Hall of Famers. Now, I was a little surprised when Dino Roger, you know, went to the Hall of Fame. I love Dino you know, Roger, his accomplishments, what he did in Europe. And I said, Well, damn, maybe I should just change and say I'm from France or something, and then I, <laughs> there I, you I go. I could go right to the Hall of Fame, but that—that that <laughs> is not it. And, and I've had I've had players come up to me and said, "What Finals MVP is not in the Hall of Fame?" Right. Or or they might, but now I tell them, and then I come back and said, "A Finals MVP that wasn't in the Hall of Fame. How about a Finals MVP that never made the All Star team?" I said so. You know, I've always been as good as I needed to be, and I think that's the problem when you play with great players like Larry Bird. Larry Bird did not care who he was playing against. Mm -hmm. It was Sisters of the Blind. He did not care. Me, there was another way, I had another gear of getting up for teams that separated me from my teammates. You know, I'm, I'm game seven against the Lakers. I'm playing with four Hall of Famers, and Those four Hall of Famers saying, dude, we're going to give you the ball. You carry us on near for this game. So that's how they felt about me, and that's what's special, you know, when I think about those guys I played with.
2: This man played in the NBA. He was a Finals MVP. He's been broadcasting for decades and, as I mentioned, he is an author now. Make sure you check out his book, Amazon, wherever you find your favorite books. If These Walls Could Talk, Boston Celtics, stories from the Boston Celtics sideline, locker room, and press box. Max, we love it when you come on, man. Come on anytime with us. Look,
0: on the back of this book is the three guys I talked about before. Who are these three guys?
2: Kevin oh, well, Garnett. Yeah, that's a pretty good era.
0: All Pierce. And there's Ray Allen. <laughs> so so I, I guess I must be the biggest Ray Allen you all are. But uh, you know, I just I just know what he meant to this team. And I know how it is to be somehow maybe just looked over. you know. me and it's real funny. I played with playing with the Celtics and playing with Bird and playing with McHale and playing with Parrish. You know, it was it was told the big three. Well, I feel always like I'm like Ringo, like, you know, like that fourth Beatle. Like, who was that other Beatle guy that was in there? He was pretty damn good, but you know. And so that's how I've always felt, but no animosity. Yeah. You know, what, they, what they did, what, what those three did, were they, they were unbelievable. But I know I had a, a huge piece in who they were as guys, as teams, and, and what they've done as players. And
1: if the Beatles Once didn't again,
0: have a there'd be no rhythm. So
1: there you go. You see? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it, yeah,
2: Got to have it. This show, again, brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.ag. Go there for your uh, – CLNS50 promo code. Use that to uh, get a 50% sign up bonus. And of course, insa, INSA.com. mentioned that we sent you get a t-shirt for a penny, folks. Yeah, Next time we talk Celtic schedule and the Celtic season, it'll all be underway. The regular season when the games matter. Let's see if they can open up with a win against, you guessed it, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, and the New York Knicks. Come Wednesday in New York, Madison Square Garden, where Max and Grandy will be with you on the road. Tune in, listen to them on the radio, and come back and get all our, our analysis here on CLNS after the fact. Evan, of course, will be back with me next week. Max, great pleasure, my man. We'll do it again. Peace out, my brothers. We'll see you guys next time.